0: Today, looking for Garza backside and
1: in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad.
0: Take a look at history.
1: Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Strike Final, the one and only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United post game after each game each game we talk post game we talk everything after the game right here right now on the h dad yes i'm stalling why you ask because i'm stumbling over this intro anyway welcome to five strike final i'm j sam jones of dirty south soccer joe patrick is over there say hi joe
0: hi sam i thought that was a great intro
1: oh thank you see joe accepts me for who i am guys it's it's like that uh, that corinthians verse that they say at weddings, that that love is patient, love is kind, and love also accepts you even through your terrible H-Dad intros. And and Joe does that for me. That's
0: right. We're like the uh, Michael Parkhurst-LGP tandem of H-Dad co-hosts. We compliment each other nicely.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I think you're more the feisty kind, the more likely to to get into a fight, and I'm Mm -hmm. more likely to be found at a a Chili's bar on a Wednesday afternoon. So you're LGP. I'm Michael Parkhurst.
0: Here we go. So you're the whiter one?
1: Yes. Unfortunately. (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Gosh. We were talking earlier before this came on. We've had some real white weekends. Real or, yeah, in general. Yeah. Weeks, lives, whatever. Uh, Had some stuff go on. Anyways, guys. Good news is, despite all that, Lane United, winners in L.A. Screw your body clocks. Screw your late start time. Screw your non-chartered flights out to L.A. and uh, in your face. Hold on.
0: What? What? That? Why the hell were they not taking a chartered flight out there?
1: <laughs> no idea.
0: Are they? I guess they're. I suppose they're saving them for the playoffs. Uh, because I think I think that the charter flights, like if you want to use them, like the ones that you use in the playoffs are in that allocation. So you would need huh. some saved up, I guess. But
1: for those of you that don't know, to to explain this a little bit, you only get a certain number of allocated flights where you can fly. Just as a team instead of with the riffraff of the world on on regular flights and there's there's four you can get in total am i right in saying i that?
0: think it's i think it's four i think that's right i'm not sure if they're round trip if it's four round trip or each way <laughs> yeah
1: that's uh, yeah they didn't use it for this imagine one, even though it's probably their longest trip of the year
0: imagine if we were flying uh southwest oh, did you hear did you hear about this what southwest flight where the engine like, blew Michael out. Michael
1: Parker's to have a dog. He's gonna put in like the overhead thing. Oh my like, gosh, no! It's way worse. make it. Oh, it's, it's worse. way worse. <laughs> there
0: was a, there was a Southwest flight where the engine exploded, and oh. a piece of metal went through the window, and a woman was partially sucked out, and she later died.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: sorry well, to bring that, the mood down bit here, but yeah, well,
1: the news is we that could be Atlanta, Atlanta.
0: United could have been on that flight. Come on, well, come on, Garber. What? Let's get some. Let's get some chartered flights <laughs> for here.
1: For real, for real. I, of course, I don't know how much charter flights really gonna affect that too much i mean planes are planes they're, they're flying metal death traps that's why i walk everywhere i go um
0: but <laughs> boots on the ground
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> where everything is perfectly safe nothing bad has ever happened on the ground you can you can fact check me on that anyway five stripes two nothing winners over los angeles the galaxy version this time uh things started off really well for Atlanta United, there was an initial kind of moment there where Ola Kamara, uh, a.k.a. Not Zlatan, almost had a bicycle kick in about the seventh minute to get things going for it. The LA Galaxy overshoots it over the top of the crossbar. And then Atlanta kind of controlled things and finally gets their first opportunity on goal. Uh, their first really solid clear-cut chance when Miguel Almiron draws a penalty after he's tackled by Not Zlatan in the box. That's about the 19th minute when that goes down. Um, Joseph steps up to take the penalty and clanks it, just clanked it, just right off the post.
0: Rage, rage, terrible, it was a terrible penalty, he mm-hmm. uh, did a weird run up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> it
1: was a super weird run up.
0: I mean, it's it the same one like he, he, he always does, it is, it is very strange. It's like,
1: it's like a hop to the side, and then he takes about 40 steps in the span of 5 feet, and then this time he threw in like an extra skip. Right before he kicked the ball,
0: yeah, and he takes that little. He takes the hop, and then it's a little too much. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest; it's yeah. a little, it's a little much. I, mean, I feel you like could,
1: it, you could have the same result just it. taking a step back and just kind of taking a swipe at it. Like, yeah,
0: just like you know what? My, of- my favorite are the one are the guys who take like two steps because they just they don't get you know if you don't give the goalkeeper a read with your steps if you only have take like two steps up to the ball. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you know you cut down on um, the mechanics.
1: Yeah, it, you know. makes it, it makes it more difficult for the keeper to read. That's what the broadcast made the point that not Latin keeper adi- edition uh, knew which way Joseph was going to go because when he took that hop, his hips opened up and he knew exactly that he was going left at that point. Yeah, because that hop slowed down his mechanics so much. He knew you knew where he was going to go.
0: We yeah, sound like we be- sound like Alpharetta dads, just like you know. <laughs>
1: Get the,
0: work out your and, mechanics. Don't waggle the, the bat goal so of this much. That's the whole
1: entire pro- H Dad, by the way, is, is to just slowly morph into Alpharetta Dads with our takes and our opinions <laughs> on everything. We're going to be leaving games in like the seventy fifth minute, but beat traffic. Um, it's going to be awesome by the end of the year. Uh, we're going full Alpharetta Dad. Yeah, we'll just take the we'll just know.
0: take the H O V lane and uh, do the podcast from there. You know, while the while the game's finishing.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Like a like a Schlotsky's Deli or something mm-hmm. where it's real yeah. quiet, and we know that, yeah. we know Watch that party. it's going to be solid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But good news is Joseph Martinez, a few minutes later, redeems himself in a little bit of a, a lucky break after missing the penalty. He was furious after he missed the penalty, by the way. It was like a whole jump of him down, kind of like a, a kid not getting a toy in a <laughs> toy store type thing. Joseph recovers. Thanks to a little help from Miguel Almaron and Julian Gressel. Almaron takes the ball. Uh, just a huge run forward from the middle of the field. He had a whole lot of space, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on, just how much space we had to run mm-hmm. at the back line of LAG all night. Takes a big run, blast one. It was very similar to that shot he had in the must-not-be-named Columbus playoff game uh, where he just blasted it from maybe about 20 yards out. Deflects off Nats Latin keeper edition's hand off the crossbar. Ricochet's back out. We play it back over to Gressel on the other side of the 18. Gressel takes a shot. Nods Latin keeper addition. And dives for it. Doesn't get to it this time, but it bangs off the other side of the crossbar. But fortunately, this one comes right back to Joseph Martinez, who all I had to do was just kind of be in the way, and the ball was going in at that point.
0: That was well recounted because, I'll be honest, I could not tell you what happened. I'm pretty sure I have just blacked out during that whole sequence. I was just going. I was just going.
1: Ooh, 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 ah, yeah. (laughs) It's also how Joe sounds at his uh, chiropractor uh, Mm. from time to time. But it worked out. It was a weird play for sure. It was real, real strange. It was was eerily reminiscent of the Minnesota play where the ball just kind of pinballed off like 18 different things and finally went in.
0: Yeah. I, I think I said it, uh, it it was reminded me so much of like a FIFA goal, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like the computer's you know denying you time and time again you just can't stop hitting the bar and then finally it just like the ball just fumbles into the back of the net. Mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of something like that. What yeah. a finish from Joseph Galazzo.
1: Galazzo, for sure. for sure. It at least made up for the penalty in some way because you know he would have just been getting hammered from all sorts of Alpharetta dads for mm-hmm. missing that penalty. Hey, but it's it even pens-
0: better now. It's in run of, uh, it was in the run of open play. So, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Better, better goal than a penalty. Yeah, For sure, for sure. So, Elanio, one nothing at that point. From that moment on, they kind of pulled off the gas a little bit towards the end of the half. Things got kind of hectic. And I, I'm not sure if it was you that mentioned it, but the last 15 minutes of both halves were very stressful for some reason. Uh, I don't know why there was so much open space for L.A. to kind of make uh, make moves, but good news is, LA was terrible all night, trying to finish any chances, trying to create any real chances the entire time. Atlanta controls most of the game from that point on. Uh, we're at halftime, one nothing still. Keep going all the way to the 93rd minute, 9th minute plus three minutes of stoppage time. A great pass from Zeke Barkov, who we'll talk about had a very very good game in his first or second start. Second start, first start, first start, second appearance. Yeah, yeah. Very confused for a second. Had a great game in his first start. Finds Romario Williams, newly substituted on the left side of the 18-yard box. Mario goes down, taken down by not latin And Miguel Omron steps up, finishes them with the penalty. That's it. 2 nothing. All she wrote.
0: I do think we should talk about how bad Los Angeles was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we make teams look bad, because I feel like we do talk about this a lot. But I mean, they were so... Uh, everything they do is so just, like, elementary. Like, yeah, the uh, they have you know this team full of all these creative uh, attacking players, and they're trotting out like a flat four four two with like Zlatan and Kamara, like your big little man combination up top. Um, it all seemed very standard and almost like it was almost like a road performance. Yeah, rudimentary. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was almost like a road performance where you just kind of go out and you play in a very structured way, and you just like you know they didn't seem like the home team who wanted to like go out and um, create a lot with movement and that kind of thing. They were just well, very think- poor, and then we took them apart, um, you know, with the ball. They they really struggled tracking runners and dealing with like a fluid attack.
1: Yeah, looking at the final stats from this one, Atlanta outshoots Los Angeles 19 to seven. Uh, those 19 shots, the most away shots in Atlanta United history, according to Lucy Rushton, the excellent uh, staff member wow. at Atlanta United. Um, seven of those shots on targets from Atlanta United. Just one shot on target all night from Los Angeles. I couldn't even tell you what it was. Uh, it was that. Just not memorable. Radguzon had to work a little bit from time to time to pick up balls that could have been picked up for chances, but he was on his game as always. He was good. Uh, very solid. Yeah, very solid the entire night. And L.A. really never got things This is the first time, also, that Atlanta United won the possession battle since switching to that 3-5-2, 54% of the possession in favor of the Five Stripes. And it just shows how much room they had to work against Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Los Angeles, I feel like they're counter to... They they knew we were going to come out and play a a very fluid brand, so they sat quite deep, um, basically just trying to deny any space in the box to us. uh, Which I guess you can say that worked decently well um but like you said we still had a ton of chances we really the score line does not reflect how well we played in this game i mean we had we definitely could have scored on the penalty we had a couple other just like very good chances um whipping in balls right into the box um right in between in that dangerous area kind of between the the last defender and the goalkeeper um just a lot of close chances, and it, the score could have been way worse. I think it probably could have been like 3-0 at halftime or worse. But um, it was, it, it was uh, probably the most dominating performance we've had since Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I don't think I so. I would say. I don't think so. We, of course, we beat LAFC 5-0, but all those goals seemed to come very late and all just kind of out of yeah. nowhere all of a sudden. This one, it seemed like Atlanta was the better team from the word go. I think we talked about the expected goals, which if those of you don't know about expected goals, I'll try to sum this up as easily as possible. Uh, It's just the amount of goals that are likely to come based on the places where we took shots, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, Our expected goals, somewhere around four, I think, four to one was where it probably would have ended up. Um, Like we said, it just could have been worse. I think my headline for the recap that I I somewhat drunkenly wrote uh, last night was... Five Stripes mercifully only scored two goals yeah. against Los Angeles. Uh,
0: we were all yeah. we were all drunk last night. These late I mean games, so. these it late games, I, I, just, I just can't control myself. Yeah, I just get bored. It's yeah. like I, I'm like getting drunk out of boredom. Exactly. Next thing, exactly. next thing you know, you got to write a six hundred word article.
1: <laughs> and, and and you're naming players like Parker Cleveland on <laughs> yeah. the article. Apparently, shout out
0: Parker Cleveland for getting uh, getting into for, the uh, post match recap.
1: His first MLS minutes. Wow. Big big moment (laughs) for DSS blogger Parker Cleveland. Uh, Good news is we all made it through at least coherently enough to to at least understand a little bit about what happened.
0: Um, You know, game in, game out. Parker shows up.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Of course, Joe. uh, I was a a little buzzed, like I said, not not like gone, but like enough to maybe maybe miss like maybe a few things here and there. Did did we're not degenerates? The big Swedish guy even play. Uh, Last night, who? The big, the biggest, tall Swedish guy they brought in a few weeks ago. I don't know who you're talking about. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Well, well, if oh. If he had done anything, I could tell you his name. Oh, like, I just can't remember right yeah,
0: now. Yeah, Zlatan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him doing much.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Um. Was he maybe. in McCann's pocket? Oh, that. That's that. that. That would have been where he was. That would have been oh, where he was. okay, right there, yeah, yeah. Right there in Chris McCann's pocket. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, that makes sense why I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him, Yeah. Mm. Nice.
0: Yeah, nice. I mean, uh, to, to be serious here, I mean, it was pretty impressive the way that they defended him. I think Michael Parker said uh, before the game and then again after he kind of reiterated that the plan was to keep him as far away from goal as possible. Um, and to do that, you basically push the lineup. You just... You know the the higher up line you play. I mean, unless he's going to linger outside like Joseph Martinez, um, you know, Zlatan is further away from goal. So that was the strategy going in for Atlanta United, and I Mm. think that it worked well. Um, They really took advantage of his uh, immobility at this point in his career, and it kind of I I thought that he mainly was served as like a target man type of role in this game, just kind of flicking on. Ball, long balls, aerial balls to Kamara or, you know, whoever was running onto him. But I didn't think he was that that threatening in and of itself
1: of himself. <clears throat> yeah no game plan was great and here's the quote from Parker after the game on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He says to keep him away from goal, that was the plan. We knew that they liked to get a lot of crosses in the box. They like to target him on a lot of long balls and we just said, let's keep the line as high as possible. We wanted our wing backs to make sure that we got pressure on their crosses so they weren't picking them out easily. I thought they did a fantastic job at that. I thought that we executed that very well, and I'm not sure he had any big chances. I think Kamara had a big chance early in the game with a bicycle kick, but other than that, they were half chances. So there you Mm -hmm. go. Keep Mm -hmm. that high line, and they limited that to half chances is a great word for it. It seemed like they may have been able to create something if they had something special in their pocket last night, but it just wasn't in the cards because Atlanta was stifling from the beginning.
0: It almost reminded me of Minnesota's approach where they just kind of lumped ball after ball after ball into the box and just hoping that eventually one of those balls would kind of luck into something good for them. You know, we miss we don't uh, make a uh, connect with a header um, or, you know, you just get lucky on on the location of a cross, something like that, where Mm -hmm. uh, it eventually pans out for you just by sheer, uh, you know, numerical averages. Um, But, you know, it never, never happened. You really have to give the defense a lot of credit for being so solid this season, not just in this game, but this whole season. Um, Well, I guess, except for the first game in being um, so like accurate with their or precise, I guess, in defense with uh, the headers, the clearances, those kinds of things where they're just not making mistakes. And I think Tata Martino said earlier in the season that that was their big problem uh, against Houston and just in general with the team even going back to the last year was that, you know, it comes down to individual mistakes. If, if individual mistakes aren't getting made, then the team tends to perform well and tends to get results. And I think we're starting to see that right now.
1: Remember how panicked we were after Houston. Remember how much we were freaking out. (laughs) And to be fair, we've, we've mentioned this. I think this comes up in the Slack about once a day now that uh Lawrence was starting at center back and Chris McCann was in the midfield. Now that we flipped them, it seems to work perfectly.
0: What a huge revelation that is. It seems like such a small thing, you know, but it mm-hmm. makes such a big difference to put two players in their natural position or <laughs> in their more, most comfortable positions as opposed to their, you know, well, least comfortable position. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's mean, crazy. It's weird but that, is it weird that Tata Martino, like, didn't, didn't know that? recognize that at that right. point? You know, he'd had been he had Jeff for an entire season and McCann. He'd, mm-hmm, they'd both mm-hmm. been there the entire previous year. Is it weird? Should we have expected him to kind of know not to do that? But I don't know. I, I at least it got corrected. We should
1: have. <laughs> that, that was. I think I said this after the Houston game. If we know that, <laughs> why don't they know that? Yeah, yeah. You know, you always expect him to be one step ahead. That was just not the case with that uh, pairing there. But it's worked out beautifully so far as we switched to the three-five-two. And um, and
0: and and another another thing that I think is really making this team tick and. We can talk, it's, you know, whatever formation we're playing. I think the biggest difference between now and that Houston game is the play of Darlington Nagby and how effective he is at carrying the ball forward, um, basically just controlling the ball. He's he's a little more conservative um, in his positioning than he was during that Houston game um, when he was, it was his first, you know, competitive game with the new team. And you could, you could, well, now, it's easier to see now. What kind of a difference he was playing back then if that makes sense like sure you know he was also at that point it was like in the midfield at, yeah I mean I, I remember at that point we were I was thinking like oh is this like Nagby is this all he's going to be capable of doing for us is basically being like an attacking midfielder which we already have but um yeah I think he's adapted his game very well and it's proving huge results for for the team
1: yeah and he was a huge reason why we were able to keep Mr. Possession last night. He's so good in the middle of the park. Uh, he also was helped out a lot by Ezekiel, uh, who is kind of, I don't even know what you would call him, winger Nagby, attacking Nagby. Uh, he's very, maybe not possession-oriented, but very good at retaining the ball. you yeah. got get to see a full 90 minutes of that this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I said, yeah, yeah. Barco is just great. He doesn't lose the ball. He doesn't give the ball up easily, which is uh, kind of a rare thing with a attacking midfielder. You kind of like we have a guy like Miguel Almiron who um, loves to go just like balls to the wall, attacking. And you know if he loses the ball, he loses the ball. But he's going to. He's very vertical. Uh, I guess you could describe him and just like mm-hmm. very direct and like wanting to go for goal um, very very often. And Barco, you know, he wants to do that. But he has such good feet that he can kind of recognize when it's not on, and kind of pull himself back out with the ball and recycle, and then you know move it and just recycle possession that way. And I was also very impressed with his um, his vision to like switch the switch the play. Like there were a few times he found Gressel just wide open on the on the other flank um, on the right. Mm. Very impressive for for a young kid, and delivered those balls with uh, with great accuracy as well.
1: Absolutely. You kind of really didn't notice it unless you're paying a whole lot of attention. But a lot of the, the movements that created chances were started by some kind of Barco through ball or Barco switching the field. Uh, he was very, very precise with those passes last night. And it eventually came to fruition in the form of Romario Williams' uh, penalty mm. on that last pass that he made, a great through ball into Romario. Uh, I think that defense. was
0: that was that was Kratz actually. Was it really? I, oh, yeah, that right. was Kevin Kratz. Right. And I want to give credit to both. To, I'm glad you brought that up because I think Kratz and Williams deserve a bunch of credit um, for their play generally at, at, towards the end of the game, but also you know that specific play. Um, you know, they they, they ice the game. Like you have to give them the the substitutes credit for that. You know, yeah. that wasn't Almiron. It wasn't Joseph Martinez. It wasn't any of the stars. It was these guys whose names we don't often say, um, but they, you know, grind it out every day in practice. And, um, like Kevin Kratz is quality. He's like, he played amazing against, uh, who, who did we play last? NYCFC. Mm. Um, he didn't get enough credit for his performance in that game. And I just feel like, you know, it's hard for him because there, you know, he could start on several MLS teams. Um, it's just unfortunate for him that he doesn't get more playing time with us because, you know, you can't justify starting him on a regular basis, but uh, very good player and um, just really happy for uh, both those guys.
1: Yeah, same thing for Mario. As
0: yeah, far as, you absolutely.
1: Know, you can't really justify starting him over Joseph, but very, very good.
0: Could start for a lot of teams, and he's, you know, yeah. both those guys are just quiet, go about their business, humble, you know, just like us Alvarado dads like to see.
1: All right, Exactly. Exactly. Although you know, on the on the flip side of that coin, we do enjoy some passion sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right? Yeah, you can't be to that all the time. You want to go into the listener questions? I guess we have to. Let's do it.
0: Hmm. Um, let's see. Our first question comes from uh, at D Brent at D Brent Crawford. He says, uh, "Does Barco seem hesitant to shoot? I'm not used to his game yet, but he seems much more pass first than I would have thought."
1: Uh. That's just it. We're not used to his game yet. He is very pass first. Uh, everything we can kind of see uh, yeah. from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh. he was never a big scorer uh, no. at Independiente. Is he's funny because he scored? He scored the penalty in that in that final. So I think a lot of people thought um, or kind of assumed that 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 was something he did quite often. He only had five goals at Independiente in his career. So um, I'm not sure that probably does not include cup. I'm just looking on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, looks like he had eight total goals. So that one that would include the Sud Americana, mm-hmm. um, where I think he scored three goals there in that competition last year. So like, almost half his career goals have, came in that one competition. Um, but yeah, I don't think he, he's not like a shooter. He's not a big shooter. Um, yeah, he's more of a distributor, dribbler, you know, create chaos type of guy. Yeah. Um, so exactly I, think that, I think that's what, what we're looking expect. for in him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Definitely. fine. I mean, we don't need him. Uh, you know, well, he needs to shoot when he's open just to keep defenses on us, but we need to just continue to feed Joseph as much as, as much as we can so that he can smash all the MLS records. But, you know, also that just seems like a strategy that tends to play out well for
1: us. Yeah, 25 goals in 27 games for Joseph, by the way, at this point. That's decent enough. Uh, but, yeah, no, Ezekiel's not going to be a guy that's really going to, you know, break off a 20-goal season out of nowhere. Not at this point, anyway. There may yeah. come a point where he starts taking a few more shots on yeah. goal. Uh, but and, right and now, I, very much a distributor.
0: And I get the sense that also there's a little bit of him just kind of being like laying low within his, and knowing his role in the squad, being a little more like humble, I guess, and wanting to facilitate more for his teammates rather than like coming in and be like, "Yo, this is my show. This is the bar. This is the boat show," you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and kind of rub rub off the wrong way on some of his more veteran teammates.
1: As any as any eighteen year old with a wife would tell you, it, it's important to be humble, and to create those kind of relationships. You know, uh, it's just what you learn in marriage, Joe. It's yeah, what you learn. You know, yeah. share the rock sometimes.
0: What was that? What's that love quote? Uh, love is kind. Love is not uh, pushy. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Love does not take shots on goal from thirty yards out.
0: That's right. That just was definitely because, that was recited at their wedding in
1: one of the um, readings. That's so sweet. <laughs> Little vote, getting married at 17, 18 years old. Gosh, and here we are doing soccer vlogging
0: <laughs> On a Sunday night because we On have no Sunday lives night. and no yeah. families. Huh.
1: <laughs> this has been a bleak H Dad. Jesus. <laughs> this has been a bleak H Dad. Uh, uh, this is after a win, too. Five Stripes are winners in the last five or five of their last six. And did Portland finish up winning against yeah, the NYCFC? Yeah. They, they
0: won 3 nothing. They had another goal in the second half so uh, I think
1: we're one point behind NYCFC one now. point behind and with a game in hand at this point I, too oh is that right the okay. supporter shield um, I was looking at not to be too far off topic but just for a moment I was looking at the, uh, the standings in the east and they are real weird right now real real weird right behind us don't look now Joe Patrick they're right behind us at 13 points in 7 games compared to our 16 points in 7 games do you know who it is? I am looking right now. Ah, okay, friends, don't look now. Orlando City has won their last three games. What the hell is going on out here? This is bizarre. They won four games, which is just one behind Atlanta and New York City. Uh, same as LAFC. Uh, they actually have more points than LAFC, of course, one game ahead there. But uh, Jason Kreese, or Kreis, excuse me, is uh, earning his job. I'll be honest. I year.
0: I totally started ignoring Orlando after the first couple games. I think they lost oh, totally. like, the first two games, and uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this this will be fun. This will be uh, a good train wreck to watch." But yeah, we'll fix that soon enough. Soon enough.
1: Hopefully, that's a. Speaking, of the, speaking of the standings, train,
0: while, we're, while we're while we're while we're looking at the standings, um, mm-hmm. I did I was going to mention this later, but I'll just mention it now. So through seven games this year, we're five points better than last season. Excellent and i don't know what that means. Uh, that that's just i just wanted to put that out there i don't know why i don't know why we're this much better i have we i don't know if we played a weaker schedule uh i don't i mean obviously we were just a new team last year um right. but it seems like you know the players are pretty much the same for the most part um but yeah i wonder how high uh that ceiling will get as the, as we progress and more game and play more games yeah um well, it's pretty and, impressive. Through five, through right seven now, games, to be five points better.
1: Yeah, we're what? We're essentially a fifth of the way through the season with a 34-game season, seven games played, a fifth-ish through the way of the way through the season. Um, and if we win the next week, we are technically in first place in the Supporters Shield standing. Uh, the team we thought was going to be the biggest challenger is in last place right now with three points in Toronto FC. Uh, one win over five games and four losses for Toronto FC. That's the worst, worst mark in the entire league. In the so entire I don't know you, league.
0: I don't know if you saw this, but so they sent their whole first team down to Mexico to, to train and get ready for that um, CONCACAF Champions League final. And the team that they put out there this week was embarrassing. Like, I would be pissed if I, I don't know, if, uh, was it a home game? No, it was on the road. Uh, I wonder if they would have done that if it was a home game, but um, yeah. like it was like it was like academy players. They signed some guy on loan from uh, Sacramento um, to like come in and play for a game, and you know <laughs> they they predictably got smashed. Right. Anyway,
1: there's no reason it's to kind of strange. It's going on there too. It's just yeah, no, it won't. Things, but it's, you know? yeah,
0: it's just uh, they're they're really putting themselves in a hole. Like I don't think they're going to be able to win Supporters Shield for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and probably not a top two seed either, so they yeah, they will probably be involved right now, early sure. in the playoffs. Um, let's see, let's go on to our next question here, which comes from our friend and colleague Payson Schwinn, oh, who Payson. asks: Assuming Tata goes with a four two three one next week, do you try Gressel at right back or do you go with Escobar?
1: Um, I believe Escobar has been. Somewhat back in training, am I right in saying that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's back. Yeah, so, he, was, right. he was on the bench for the L.A. game.
1: Okay. Uh, just okay. did not play. Right, right, right. Um, so, here's the thing. I think you put Russell there. Yeah. I think you just do. I mean, the uh, question. I think that's just, it makes a lot of sense just with his skill set right now and the way he's playing. Um, it's It's going to be hard to keep him out of the 11, but I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I well, I was just gonna say the question is a little presumptive that we do go back, but I mean, this is just under that assumption that we do go back, go back to a four-two-three-one. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I would leave Gressel there. Um, he has m- talked about to media that he's played right back uh, when he played in Germany before he came to college, and he said that that's something he would be comfortable doing with this team. He's already kind of a, adjusted his position from you know being more of a out-and-out right winger. To a right wing back where he has more defensive responsibility, I think he has the the physicality and the the general physical characteristics that you would want from a right back. Uh, he's kind of like the same size as like a Anton Walks, um, so you know that gives you some good some good size in the back, gives you good um, ability to deal with aerial balls, and I just think that um, it will be positioning for him. It's not like. Oh, how good can he tackle or like how good like like how good is he at like, you know, these specific defensive technical mm-hmm. abilities. It's it'll be more of his can he adapt to um you know, dropping back a little bit when Garza goes up high, you know, not playing such like an out and out attacking style like he's doing now. Um but I think he can do that and I don't think that that's going to mitigate his effectiveness, especially, you know, when we talk about him delivering service into the box. I think, and I, I I think that's the main thing that people are having an issue with is, um, they don't want, they don't want that. They don't basically, they don't want Gressel having to play defense. They want him constantly out on the wing, serving balls in, which is, you know, that's fair enough. He's shown that he's extremely good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he defensively, he would be a liability? This is just my gut instinct, by the way. I don't know. Right. Like, we can he might be terrible. no proof to yeah. <laughs> back this up at this
1: point. Uh, we won't know until we try. Uh, but, no, that, that's my instinct as well, and maybe because he's, he's told me as much. I've asked him in the, in the locker room post game about feeling comfortable in those kind of positions, and he said he does. Uh, he said exactly what you're talking about, that he played in Germany as a right back, and he's, he's been all over the place in his career, and he's able to slide in just about anywhere. Um, and I, I think that could be very valuable to this yeah. team.
0: And I wanted to point out something that you just mentioned. You said, we won't know it until we try it. And I think that that's, um, that's a very important point. And a lot of, I've seen a lot of people talking in forums or on Twitter or whatever, um, that we shouldn't fix what's not broken. And that is generally in life, a very good, wise, uh, yeah saying to go by Mm -hmm. but i think in this case you want to experiment with some things um you want to know if gressel can play right back for you you want to know how to how to get this team functioning correctly in a four two three one in general uh you want to figure these things out now so that when the playoffs come you have them in your back pocket to be able to pull out and use um if we stuck with a three four three or you know whatever three five two um you know, all season, and then what happens? You know, what if, what if we need find the need to go to a 4-2-3-1? What if someone gets hurt or something that we have to adjust? Uh, you know, what if, like what if Gressel gets hurt? And then then mm. the 4, 2, 3 ones a natural adjustment. But what if we haven't been playing in it at all? So there's just you know, we might as well while we have this time, we're kind of in good form, players are clicking. Um, you know, let's let's try some things. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it live.
1: Why not? Why yeah. not? It's it's just like a little bit of experimentation. Nothing wrong with that, right? This is our early years. We should be figuring stuff out. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is a part of the maturation process. We need
0: to find out about ourselves.
1: hmm Discover ourselves by by trying new things, new things in exactly. new ways. Exactly. Um, that, that may that may involve you know the four two three one, which I I still think we're going to go back to uh, when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing about this is that. Um, it, it seems like people are almost fearful of the four two three one and it's totally based on that Houston, like, game, Houston game which yeah. we've already talked about how much of an anomaly that game seems to be now yeah. uh, having Lorenowitz McCann out of position etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, we have a whole season of data points that are generally positive from that running out that formation it's clearly what Tata is kind of the most comfortable coaching that's that's what he initially set up the team in so yeah um, yeah, I don't think we should be, like, fearful of it. I feel like people are fearful of the 4-2-3-1 and that if we change to it, we're just going to start leaking goals. Right. I don't think that's necessarily the
1: case. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Uh, it will be interesting if it does happen. I think a few players might improve going forward. I think I mentioned in the chat today about Ezekiel Barco maybe being more effective in the 4-2-3-1, and not that he wasn't effective last night, but he may be just a lot more comfortable going out wide. And then cutting in a lot like Asad did last year and being able to play through balls and all that kind of stuff. And yeah,
0: there are tactical considerations to it, like like you just said, uh, as opposed to just trying to fit in the best players or whatever into a system. Um, there are tactical considerations as well. You know, I th- I totally agree with you. I think Ezekiel Barco is best served as that left attack midfielder um, cutting in, driving in at, at fullbacks, going one-on-one, and tito kind of the same thing him playing on the right side stretching the field stretching the pitch getting in behind the defense so i think there's more to it that we 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 like to on twitter it's like you know the 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 fun thing to do is talk about how you can fit in every single player into a formation but uh yeah i think tactically it it will it has its benefits for sure as well yeah that's the last thing i'll have to say on that
1: yeah for sure for sure we'll move on to our next question I'm talking about not giving up any goals. This comes from at Kirk Street, which is an amazing handle. I
0: laughed when I first saw that. (laughs) Uh,
1: He asked, with Larry's consistent impact and fitness thus far, and i out of the picture, how likely is Atlanta United to sign another six? And we've been talking about this for the last four years, Uh, about the, the six watch, everything with that. Uh, Seattle Football somewhat jokingly said we're going after Luka Modric. Don't know if that's true. It's not. It might be. It's not. Uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things. We mentioned it, I think, in preseason. I definitely know this was my thought process, that we were going to wait to find the best possible person. And uh, we're, we're with Lorena once for a while, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, we'll, I'll talk more about Jeff later in the night. Hint, hint. Uh, but he was extremely, extremely good. Last night, one of his best games, uh, maybe ever in a five stripes yeah. uniform uh, when all is said and done there. We'll, uh, we'll take a look at the stats, too, as well. Dude was solid, uh, even despite his jersey coming apart at the seams um, while simultaneously saving the ocean. Oh, By the way, shout out to ending global warming. We did it with those jerseys last night with both teams wearing those jerseys. Global warming, did, not did a you thing see, anymore.
0: Did you see Doug Roverson's tweet just burning everyone?
1: No, How about what
0: this, was that? he said. He said, uh, "I guess everyone in MLS is plastic now."
1: Oh, or that's <laughs> solid, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Well
0: on. Bravo. Shout I gave Daniels. him a little hat tip from my
1: couch. Hmm. Yes, you can see, it, but we both hat tips.
0: But uh, yeah, so going back to the sixth thing. So, and this has been a, like a point of contention. Actually, Doug has kind of been a little, uh, you know rambunctious about this where he's totally in the corner where we don't need one. He seems to be in the corner that saying that we don't need one because Lorenowitz, judging by his performances so far, is obviously good enough. Um and that's totally true. Like Jeff Lorenowitz is good enough to be our starter for this entire year. And if we like he's a good enough player to be the starting central defensive midfielder on an MLS Cup winning team on this on this Atlanta United team. Yeah. Um and a lot of you know I, along with others, have pointed out the fact that his age kind of contributes negatively to, um, to this whole situation. And it's not that his legs are going to fall off because he's 36. It's just that if he gets hurt, it's going to take him longer to recover. There's just more negative variables that go along with being 36 than there are with being 26. So um, it's, just a, it's just a riskier play. To not have a suitable backup for him, um, and I think that the front office knows that. I mean, why were they even talking to MBA if they if they weren't serious about trying to bring in a six? Sure. I think I think they do want to bring in a defensive midfielder, but um, like we've heard from you know Tata and other people, uh, I think Carlos Bocanegra has sp- spoken about this as well. They just want to make sure it's the right player. They just want to make sure they're getting the right player at the right price um you know and at in the right situation to come into this team and help in the best way he can and if that means he comes in and is a backup to Jeff Lorenowitz, then so be it yeah. um but yeah anyway so i yeah, think we're I'll still in for it. one as as far as what are the chances i think like slim to none that we get one um you know before this deadline this uh, may 1st mm-hmm. i think the transfer window is up in about a week here um yeah i don't think that's happening at all but uh you know, I think they could go in in the summer. They should have money. They should have about, actually, I Toyota football shared with me a chart of like projected uh, amount, amounts of allocation money the team should have it right now. And I remember seeing that Atlanta had like above average. I'll see if I can go dig that up and uh, I'll share it out from the Twitter our Twitter account um, if I can find it. But we have money to spend. It's just you know when you get in these foreign players even if we have money to spend, it's still not that much money. Um, if you, especially if you have to figure in a, a transfer value of any kind or a transfer, uh, fee of any kind. So Mm -hmm. it'll be, it'll be difficult, but I think we'll, I think we'll keep looking for sure. And we'll definitely need one going into next season. So we're definitely scouting it.
1: Yes. Uh, I think, I think this next window is probably where their timetable is at. Mm -hmm. Uh, When that next window opens up, I would imagine we'll see someone of some kind come in, even if it is just a backup to spell the guy, Um, I know there was some hope, I think, for Olivier Shannon to come in or maybe someone like that to step up from the twos. Apparently that's not going to happen due to some recent performances from that end. Um, So someone is out there that they're looking for and looking at right now, I'm sure, that's going to come in at least to to spell this guy. But uh, Doug has made the point, and I completely agree, that that Jeff is very, very much in shape for a 34, 35-year-old um, and uh, there's no reason to think that he won't be able to keep it up, but it's like, it's like you said, there's a higher risk. It's like buying a car that insurance companies say, okay, your risk has gone up. It's going to cost you a little more to uh, just have insurance on this because the risk is higher. And that's mm-hmm. just it. We've, we have, we have a very fancy sports car in Jeffrey Linowitz, uh, which is the only time anyone has ever said that about Jeffroinowitz, but our risk has gone up with having that. Uh, By the
0: way, highly uh, recommend. I just did that. I was. Caught myself doing this a couple times during the game. Um, anyone who's watch- when you are watching your next Atlanta United game, or if you are going to rewatch this LA Galaxy one, just take like a solid three or four minutes of game time and just look at no one but Jeff Laurentowitz. Oh, it's it's, m- it's it's great. It's just it's great incredible. to watch how he moves around the field, how he makes himself. You know, he's not always making himself like available for a pass, but sometimes he's like making himself available for like the next pass, like kind of like you know getting seeing it happen before it happens. It's great. My and favorite. you can learn a lot from it, especially if you're a young, if you're a kid, or if you're out an Alpharetta dad who wants to show
1: your son mm-hmm. how to play a defensive midfielder. Absolutely, absolutely. My favorite is he's very good at just sitting back and baiting players to make passes. They don't know that they don't want to make yet, but Jeff knows. Jeff yeah. knows they don't want to make that pass, and then he'll cut yep. it off as soon as he's baited them into it, and it's beautiful. We didn't get a chance to talk about last week when uh, Jeff was directing traffic, running backwards at a full sprint. Uh, one-on-one situation with Parkhurst. He directs Parkhurst to the right side, picks up the left side of the running player, and uh, forces them in a mistake that eventually led to a goal for Atlanta United. Uh, it was beautiful. I want you to frame that entire moment. That entire moment is my heart song and what I live for as a person, fan, whatever you want to call it. Um, let's move on to our next question. Uh, how many- You're a blogger. Yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> That's what I am, and I wear it proudly. Hashtag blogger. Hashtag blogger. Um, this next question comes from at Kevin Batil. He says, how many and which players have a chance to make the MLS All-Star team best on their performance? Wow. I, I think I still might be, be a little woozy from last night's game, y'all. I, I've confused Kratz with Barco. Uh, I've done all sorts of weird things here. Uh, please, please pardon me today, y'all. Uh, this, is my, this is my Joseph last week game. Uh, no touches. Uh, minimal involvement. <laughs> yeah. Just letting Joe do his thing. Um, how many and which players have a chance to make the MLS All-Star team based on their performance in the first seven games? Hint, Gressel, Miggy, Joseph, and Parkhurst. Uh, of course, All-Star game is going to be Atlanta facing off against Juventus. And I, I think Gressel, through the first seven games, would probably be up there. Uh, at least I close, would, yeah.
0: maybe. But how is, how, uh, okay, How how is All-Star Games determined? I really don't care about All-Star Games, so I don't look into these things, how, the, how these teams are chosen. Is it a fan vote, and then the coach gets to select?
1: Uh, it, it's something to or the effect of, I, uh... You don't cares? know either. Who cares? <laughs> okay,
0: so, um, Joseph, definitely getting in. Miggy, definitely getting in. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Parkhurst should get in. <sighs> Gressel, Gressel's a tough one. Gressel's a really tough one because you have, like, they're going to count him as like a, as like a, a midfielder. Yeah. I think. And, and, and a thing with Gressel too. He may not
1: be in the starting eleven for every game going forward. All that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. By the time we get to to late That's summer, true. he may That's have true. made the appearances that merit that kind of honor. Award. Yeah, is it an honor? I don't know. It seems like a punishment. <laughs> it's so weird. All star <laughs> games are weird,
0: but um, but yeah, it, it, him being a midfielder is just tough because he doesn't have like that super high name recognition yet around the league, and you've got all these—he's competing against all these other like d- uh, designated players and these like fancy international types. Um, Then again, he's an international, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be harder for him. But I mean, as of right now, I think you would definitely like put him into a an all star squad. Um, But it'll just we'll see if if that if it comes if it comes down to that um, when it's time for the all star selections. I think Barco is going to be in there in that contention too. By the time this time comes, I mean he's so fucking good. Like (laughs) I don't know how to say it other than. He's so damn good. Like, he is going to make defenses look silly, and he's going to have a lot of highlight reel moments in this league. I can already see, I can already see it after, after, after one game. You, you, can't, you cannot deny this, man.
1: No, not at all. And you can't deny how, how little I really, really care about the All-Star game. I think you might feel the same <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll talk about that more as it kind of comes up or we may never talk about it again either way but
0: I think those are all good shots Kevin I think that yes. I think that all four of those guys are would definitely be in, in with the shot I don't think LGP would get in this year
1: yeah no not, not even, even if he games. it's hard no. to come
0: back with from kind of how shaky he looked early uh, to come back from that as a center back you kind of have to be consistent throughout hmm.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> moving on yeah. Let's to our next on. one this one <laughs> This one's real weird, man. I'm not quite sure why we included it. Um, I love these questions. (laughs) Okay, this one comes from at Zach underscore Russell. Uh, Oh, man, I think Zach has one of my favorite Twitter stories of all time. I was asking for takes on Dallas, Texas uh, when I was writing a haters guide to Dallas. One of my favorite haters guides I've ever ever wrote, written, whatever you want to call it, Uh, was asking him for his opinions, people for their opinions on Dallas. He had a story from the... uh, the annual Red River shootout between Oklahoma and Texas said someone offered him, Texas fan, offered him, you know, yay, about 5000 bucks for, like, a seat. And my man Zach said no. Zach said no. And I think this is the right person I'm talking about. I'm not entirely sure. Sorry if this isn't you at all, Zach. <laughs> but, uh, no, he just says no. I'm going to stick with my team. I want to see this game. Um, I know that Oklahoma's coming in ranked one of the best teams in the country. Zach denies himself the opportunity to make five thousand easy dollars. Mm. Oklahoma won sixty-three to ten. <laughs> so, <laughs> prayers up for Zach if that is the same person we're talking about.
0: <laughs> anyway, well, it seemed to have definitely rubbed off on him because yes. now he's got. Now he's just thinking and crazy things. And he's probably like hot now he's now he's huffing paint cans and talking about. Uh, What are the what's the percentage chance that in a few years the sell-on fee for Miguel Almiron will end up being less less than Julian Gressel?
1: I think it's about five thousand dollars. I think, or you know, the the difference in fees there for uh, both of them, so we could pay back uh, whatever you missed out on there, Zach. Uh, I imagine Zach like five thousand dollars. Go
0: ahead. I'm imagining Zach like in a in his apartment like Charlie from uh, It's Always Sunny, just like yeah huffing the paint cans and coming up with these crazy takes but um
1: <laughs> so anyway I'm sending these questions from under 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 the bridge <laughs> down in the sewers i don't
0: think that the chances um are high at all <laughs> of, of this happening but this is the reason why let me l- l- let's explain this a little bit because um so trans the, a transfer fee value is not like a necessarily depend like it's not like Oh, if a player is this good, he's worth this amount of money. Which it is kind of like that in video games and such. Um, Trent, there's so many factors that that come into a transfer value, and the reason why this would never happen is that Atlanta has already bought Miguel Almiron for like ten million dollars. So, or what was would we? Yeah, it was like ten or no? Was it higher than that?
1: Anyway, uh, it was right was around there. It was a lot, was right a lot of money.
0: There. So. He's only going to go for more than that. There's no way they're going to sell him for less than that. As opposed to Gressel, where a team can approach Atlanta and say, "Hey, we will get you know, we, you can make five thousand percent return on investment here um, for uh, you know for like five million dollars, like if we give you five million dollars, and that might be something that Atlanta United would be interested in taking." So, um, because of all these factors, I mean, that's just kind of one of them. Another depends on who's buying the player, all this stuff. Yeah, I don't think that ever.
1: That was the hottest of hot takes, there, Zach. Uh,
0: But I I love hot takes like that. That's that's why I included it in this conversation.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. We're gonna move on from our listener questions and their hot takes onto our own hot takes. We have some final thoughts about to the lights or last night's game, Joe. Well, we've already
0: talked. We've already talked about most of these, but I, I guess my my final thought here is about. Chris McCann, our favorite
1: Irishman. It mm. is impossible to understand it. There is no way that man is ever speaking English at any point. Uh, have you ever talked to Chris McCann? <laughs>
0: uh, well, I know, like I've been around him when he's sure. speaking, but I can never hear what he's saying.
1: Yes, he talks like he talks like <laughs> this. These yeah. kind of things where it's just, kind of, we're just we went out there and did our best today. hey, hey Gaynor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so. I don't know. You'll think you'll the question think you is hear no.
0: like yeah, you'll just hear like whispering and then you'll be like, Oh, Irish accent for like a second. Yeah. And yeah. then and then it kind of fades away. But like is he good or what the hell's going on here? He's like not like good. what like what's he's, what he's is not, going on?
1: He's not good, but he's definitely he's been on the field with a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh he helps cover for a lot of his his mistakes sometimes. Um he's not been necessarily phenomenal, but he hasn't been detrimental through these few games where he's been at center back um yeah and it's the same thing as, as when he came in for Garza left back last year where he came in and was good enough and that's all we're needing right now from a person we expect to be a backup player uh, a backup contributor and yeah, that's, true. Uh, that's that's all we need from Chris so Chris keep it up bud
0: There's no, there's no better Chris McCann than confident Chris McCann, Mm. and he just starts getting in players' faces.
1: (laughs) I I did notice last night that he was just making a lot of runs out from the center (laughs) back position. Yes, it's It's like it's
0: like your buddy. It's like your buddy when you're playing FIFA or something, and he's just like, you know, he gets the ball at center back and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going for a run," and he just yeah, and just starts sprinting with the ball upfield. I love it. And he starts, He like, there was one, there was a picture of him, like, scowling at Zlatan, you know.
1: Um, He ended up with his jersey, Zlatan was, like, cowering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah. You know, Chris McCann is that dude in uh, your, like, intramural basketball league that obviously has no discernible skill at playing basketball, but takes, like, one three just on a whim from maybe 40 feet out and drains it (laughs) in the very first few minutes of the game. And then jacks up like 30 more shots after that that aren't even close. But that first yeah. one, man, he, he had the confidence from there on out to keep going forward. Uh, I'll be a little recklessly there yeah. from Chris McCann. But I don't know. He's not... I can't, it, it would pain me to call not, him good. Like,
0: yeah, he's not good, but he's also not bad right now. So yes. we'll take that, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Some people who were very good last night, but you may not have noticed are our Lorenowitz men of the night. So, Patrick, you want to go first?
0: Michael Parkhurst. Michael Parkhurst. Michael Parkhurst is my Lorenowitz man of the night. He is so damn good, and we never talk about him. Well, I I mean, we always talk about him as, like, a Lorenowitz man. Right. But, like, I'm glad Kevin earlier brought him up as, like, an all-star candidate, because that's what he is. Um, He just doesn't get enough credit for anything he does. His touch, uh, dealing with aerial balls, like playing a high line at you know with at his age yeah he's just so good like um i can't imagine a better partner for someone like lgp i think we discussed this right off the top which seems like an hour ago which it probably is it We're probably longer is. today been so the
1: longest h dad in the yeah. history of our h dads
0: <laughs> yeah it is already uh oh it's all right we, we okay. went with the flow um but anyway yeah i just think he's amazing um
1: yeah, no, he does work well as that kind of his, antithesis to, to LGP, too. to kind of balances it all out. He um, has a
0: surprising deftness of touch. Like that, I guess yeah. that's like the the thing I can say about him is that like he's so, he's much better with his feet than you would expect by he's looking a at him. Gentleman, because Just he's a man, an American man of the
1: people, center back. Right? Yeah, you don't expect him to be able to do anything really competently on the ball, but you know there he is, doing quality things most of the time. Um I like your note here that it says we always choose Defenders because we are the whitest of white people.
0: Um, That's true.
1: I was telling you before that I was at an auction the other night with the the whitest thing I've ever been to. Uh, They gave away a Honda Civic, a 2006 Honda Civic, if that tells you anything. Big prize of the night. Good Lord, that was some white stuff. Uh, (laughs) Moving on to my Lerunitz man of the night and certainly not changing themes here. uh, My Lerunitz man of the night. Joe, do you know who it is? Joe. I do know who it is. I do know. Joe, do you know who the Lorenitz man of the night is? Who is it? Who is it? It's Jeff Lernerwitz. <laughs> it is the one and only Jeff Lernerwitz, who y'all was so dang good last night. Let me pull this up real quick. Let me tell you. Jeff Lernerwitz, 60 touches last night. 48 of 50 passes completed. Three of four long balls completed. A couple shots uh, won six of eight aerial duels, uh, won three tackles, three interceptions, eight recoveries, and one clearance, all while helping shut down Zlatan and the rest of the not Zlatans last night. Dude was so, so good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, remember, we're going against, he's, he's going against Zlatan, Ola Kamara, great striker by MLS standards. Allison Dreamy. Dreamy, yeah, great player by MLS standards. Sebastian Leggett, Really good, really good midfielder. So, I mean, it's like he's not going in slouches here and he's out there pretty much
1: dominating. Yeah. So impressive. So, so good. Like we said, even with the jersey falling apart, he's going to get one of these free kicks too. It's been two weeks in a row where they've laid off free kicks for him about 30, 35 yards out and it's kind of clattered off a couple people. Uh, He was a lot closer last week, but one of those is going to go in. Uh, Jeff Lennon, by the way, uh, tied for the all time lead. No, he's behind Juvenco now. In free kicks scored in MLS history. So Lorenowitz, you know, he he brings a little attacking thunder every now and then.
0: I'm surprised those shots he's taking aren't just going clear through the player's bodies or like carrying the player into the back of the net. It's like that kid, I mean, those things uh, stay hit.
1: From Mighty Ducks, who has that really great slap shot. (laughs) You have no idea where it's going from. And it's like, you know, breaking the glass and going through the net. And kids are diving out of the way uh, (laughs) in slow motion, even though the shot's supposed to be coming at 100 plus miles per hour from a 12 year old um great movie by the way mighty ducks um <laughs> man
0: they get a lot of coverage in the press too the mighty ducks and like the newspaper clippings and everything yeah. it's amazing how how dedicated the minneapolis duluth area is to following their junior hockey teams
1: <sighs> incredible Alfreda dad's the one of them already i'm sure yeah i'm sure many Alfreda dads at the most um that's gonna just about wrap it up for us here on the HDA. Thanks for suffering through 57 minutes of my incoherent ramblings and Joe's excellent analysis. Uh, We leave you with our quote of the night that comes from one. Slatin Ibrahimovic, he says, we had chances in the first half. We had a couple of chances. Sebastian has a chance. Remain had a chance. Then in the second, we tried to push even more, but when it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in. It's not like we had clear chances, to be honest. And you're dang right you didn't, Slatin. You're dang right you didn't.
0: Yeah, shut your mouth, Latin.
1: In your face. IKEA is just okay. And there's a lot of pieces (laughs) that are really difficult. And that's on you, man. That's on you. All righty. Shout out Ryan Catney. Shout out Charlie Trippi, Shout out Ender Enciarte for that excellent bunt last night. I think it was him. I can't remember. Honestly, I think it was Ender. I don't know. Harris Kruskic, shout out Harris. Uh, Shout out Lakeith Stanfield. Shout out Alfred Amon and Dad. Shout out Ben Jones. And shout out to LeVar Burton. I know you're listening.
0: Shout out Jorge Fuller, Shout out Justin Veluiz. Shout out Chris Raimondi, Shout out Leroy Jenkins. Shout out Kelly Francis. And shout out Kanye.
1: Oh, shout out Kanye. Yes, absolutely. All righty, better wrap it up. Five Stripes winners in this one Two nothing. So Patrick, say bye. Bye, bye, all. Walk hey. it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Talk it. Walk it like I talk it, ayy, walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it, yeah, take my shoes and walk a mile, something that you can't do, Woo. Hey. big tops of the town, big boy gang moves, gang moves, I like to walk around with my chain loose, chain, chain, she just bought a new ass but got the same booze, same booze, whippin' up dope scientists, whip it up, whip it up, cook it up, cook it up, that's my sauce where you find it, that's my sauce when you look it up, look it up, find it, Adding up checks no minus, add it up, add it up, add, it up, add it up, yeah, get your respect in diamonds,